with rhymes with orange podcasts i i i mean i don't know why we i why did i don't know why we bothered coming back we should have just i don't know why we started i i don't know why we started either it's it, it i mean this was a mistake i mean this look part of the thing is that i think that we sort of almost had one with door hinge. Door hinge. It's not a word. It's you, a phrase. It's but, not a word. It's words that. You're the one who brought it into the conversation so early, and I was, feel like if we had it just was a counter, I, if we had saved it, at least we would have something to end on. If we had just, just not blown that right away, I wish. I wish if I'd we known, hadn't just thrown that in the fucking garbage can. I, I'd wish I'd known how on different wavelengths we were before we started, yeah. because this it would have it would have saved us an hour. It would have saved right. everybody listening to this, which is what your mom. I. Why is it? Why are you doing this? Why are you going there now? Why are you trying to put this on me? I just. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. I'm upset. This was a bad idea. Uh, I. You know. This. You know. I, when I, I you was, brought it up, I thought like, oh, maybe he has some like secret reserve it of was such supposed words. To be, it I, was supposed to be. It was supposed to be. I. An adventure. I thought. I thought we'd have a good time. I thought it, we'd yeah. l- learn. And I don't know. I. Well, it's been a great first episode. Thanks. Yeah, and I'm sure the fucking last episode. Yeah. Well. Yeah. One too many. Uh, right. Next up is the crapshoot. I. It's. A, I mean, what the fuck kind of name is that? But it I, can't be worse than this, right? Well, it doesn't rhyme with orange, so right. I guess you know we're. It's got that going for it. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Uh, we'll see you never, never again, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, I, mean, I guess. Can, can you at least give me a ride? I'll have to see. Do you have any money oh, for gas? Oh, Jesus or? Christ. Mm. Crap shoot. Crap shoot. Crap shoot. Crap shoot. Crap shoot. Crap shoot. Na, 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 na. Crap shoot. Well, welcome to uh, the Crapshoot episode. I think this is number three, depending on how uh, how we feel about episode two once we listen to it again. But uh, I'm your host, uh, Josh Millard. Uh, with me not yet is my co-host, Jesse Holden, who's having troubles with cars and parking and on his way, and he'll pop in at some point. And uh, our special guest uh, this week is... Uh, I should always ask people how they pronounce their last name, because I know you from the internet. It's a, yes. It's a Brad Turcoat. No, wrong. Brad Turcotte? Turcotte, yes. Turcotte. Yes. Wait, with emphasis on the, on the Turcotte. I think so. Oh, okay. It's, a, it's French, so I think you're supposed uh, to actually say it with a bit of a French yeah, that's accent. Always okay. Well, my, my special guest, Brad Turcotte, huh, uh, 
a uh, musician and a web person who I have known via the internet for many years uh, from uh, Ottawa, uh, who is in town for the XOXO Festival that will probably be over by a couple weeks by the time we actually get this edited and aired. But uh, but I don't know. What I'm, telling you. <laughs> I'm really I'm really I'm really having the flow here. Yeah, this is how the sausage gets made. Uh, yes. But yes, you're you're in town in Portland for the first time, and uh, and I managed to get you to sit down and take a couple hours to. Uh, drink beer in my kitchen and uh and then uh bullshit on this podcast so uh you know welcome to welcome to portland thanks for being on the podcast thank man. you very much thanks for having me for the listener we now just drank some beer yes it's uh yeah so <laughs> it's tricky because we've been talking in my kitchen because you 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 were gonna catch the bus here yes and uh then you missed your bus so you had to get a catch catch a cab and i was like oh that's fine me and me and jesse will get things set up and be ready to roll when i you was get slightly here. afraid i would be late yeah, which it turns out was not a problem because then Jesse texted me like five minutes later to say, uh, my car is in the shop. I am going to get a car to go and I'll I'll see you there. And then he couldn't find the car to go and then there was terrible traffic. And now I think he's actively parking as we speak, so he'll be here. But uh, but yeah, it basically has been a giant clusterfuck. <laughs> and I, I really appreciate that that led to us being able to sit around and, well, stand around and, and just talk about stuff. But we me. had to be careful not to cover anything that yeah. we would discuss. It's it's a real problem, isn't it? Because yeah. like, what if we hit some podcast gold? And that's... Yeah. I And I, it can't be reproduced. Yeah. So uh, so I, I feel like we did okay. I feel like the conversation that we had was pretty banal. Yeah, that, I think uh, so. No one would have wanted to hear any of that. I would agree that with we that. We were really just filling time politely. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that characterization of our small talk. But yes, uh, so you're in town for XOXO. Yes. Uh, and we talked a little bit about our respective not so great experiences with like conferences previously, but you're excited about this one. It, it managed to pull you in as a thing you wanted to actually be a part of. Yeah, yeah. The I thought about going to the last one, but um, but I was so pissed off at at conferences i just didn't want to be in a sterile convention hall and listen to people's product pitches anymore and just didn't want to do that and this one seemed seemed fairly different so i kind of regretted that i didn't go last year but uh so hopefully it'll be good i i I look forward to hearing about it vicariously i i feel i feel like kind of an idiot for not (laughs) buying a ticket because you know it's local and it's andy bios doing it and he's great and I, for once, will actually know some of the people there. Although it's funny, I think most of the people coming to it are not from in town because it's a small thing and, you know, you got to pay for the tickets and, and, and it's new. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of people. So I would probably be sort of in the same shoes I would have been going to something somewhere else where most of the people are people who I don't actually right. know and don't know from town. But uh, it does seem like there's a lot of out-of-towners. But yeah. Uh, but as we discussed, just getting drunk would probably help with... Well, that's my strategy. Yeah. That's how I bond and meet new people. Do you... Uh, I mean, uh, in all seriousness, not to suggest you were not being serious, but but in all seriousness, this is a thing for me. Like, I, I am a very gregarious person when I sort of get rolling. Yeah. And if I feel like someone is receptive to me talking, I will talk possibly at too great length. But, you know, I'll... That's okay, but but I don't really do well wandering into a crowd, even a crowd who, in theory, would be receptive if I was going to do the awkward, hey, I don't think we've met, but I'm Josh, and I do this thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, I've, I don't know, th- those things are tough for me. My main thing is I just won't go to things. 
like i just won't even go into the room like i'll just stay in my hotel yeah yeah and like i don't want to go once i go and i'm standing there and i'll feel uncomfortable and then i'll be like all right i gotta make something happen i gotta say hi to someone well first i usually drink a bunch and then (laughs) and then I'll, i'll be like hey and you know the nicest thing that can happen is if somebody already knows me and then I just stick on, like, they, they regret. <laughs> you are glued to that. Yeah, thing. they regret <laughs> recognizing me or, like, you know, hey, Brad sucks. I know you. Oh, great. We're friends forever now. I'm staying with you. We're, we're conference buddies now. Yes. Um, but, yeah. No, it's not really something I, I totally, totally enjoy, the uh, socializing yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a it's it's a weird dilemma. Oh, I think someone's lurking around your. Oh, I I, I think it might be Jesse. I told him to just come in, so uh, he we'll knows see, the house already. See I that, think how that happens. He'll just pull it off. The question is: Will he stop and get a beer from the fridge first, or does he have beer with him, or will he just forego it entirely? Uh, you, I think I listeners, think you, have like, you have like fifteen seconds to make up your mind because I think we're going to find out. Pretty sure there he it is. Sounds like he's coming down. Hi. Hello. <laughs> How's it going? So Good. sorry. Oh. No problem. We 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 were discussing how terrible it was for you to keep No, we were. <laughs> yeah, sure. no, that's fine. No, we were we were I was happy because I thought I was going to be late and then uh, you were late, which makes you the bad guy. He wasn't actually going to be late, but once you felt like you were going to be late, we wanted to make sure you felt okay, so oh, we staged is, this yeah. whole thing. That is considerate. <laughs> to let the listeners know the answer to the quiz is jesse brought beer with him and brought it down so yes. we, were, we were saying yeah w- would you bring beer would you have not brought beer because everything else was so crazy that you'd not worry about it and figure i had beer in the fridge sure would you go into the fridge and get a beer before coming down mm-hmm. in that case but uh but I he brought like it was the a beer hell or high water thing with the beer just, just made some, had to make it happen I brought yeah. some crispy stellas all right you should get more on that mic and i'll get you up a little yeah. bit and uh and yes. Do you want do you want one now? Uh I would love one. That'd be great. Stella Artois. That's right. That's that that's a that's a, a Frenchish thing, the Belgian French thing. Yeah. Now, okay, so so you're from Canada. I am. And we're in America, which means I can ask very very naive questions about uh Canada or Canada related things with impunity. And I can just lie about it. Do, do you have a bottle opener by the way, Jay? Yeah, sure do. Okay. I didn't think to bring one down. We were we were drinking in the kitchen, as uh, as listeners will remember from five <laughs> minutes ago. Uh, but yeah, so so Belgium, Belgium with the France, well, not the France, but the French, and uh, and then Canada with the French, and Canada's sort of an English-ish entity historically. I don't yes. know. I, I is the Queen still technically the Queen? The queen is still the queen, yes. Okay, so so you've got the English queen, you've got the French Canadian, Belgium's got the French. Yes. Is there any is there any actual Canada Belgium overlap, or is that a Venn diagram too far? I don't know that there's. That's not. I didn't learn anything about that in in my ten years of school. All right, I'll have to look into it more. I'll I'll check Wikipedia. Yeah, I don't I don't know. There could be. Well, we I don't want to insult any yeah. Belgians. <laughs> I have to go back to that country. And have you been to Belgium? 
No, I have not. Oh, okay. No, but I have to go back to Canada. Oh, Canada, yeah. And the Belgian contingent will be very angry with me if I say that there's nothing. <laughs> it, it, it could be dicey. There's, we have yeah. a lot of uh, volatile Belgian listeners. <laughs> yes. Uh, or at least I assume we will once we ever actually <laughs> upload any of the podcasts. They're so, hot-blooded people. They are. They Check it and see is the standard advice, as mm-hmm. I understand it. Yeah. We're putting these somewhere people can hear them? Yeah, no, I th- well, you know. Oh, no. You know, it's like mounted on a speaker on a cliff, and oh, you can sure. pilgrimage to it and hear these podcasts <laughs> in the long distance. Uh, okay, well, uh, we, we've studiously avoided discussing any biographical details because I, I, don't, I don't actually know your biography well, but I know you a little bit more than I think Jesse knows you mm-hmm. since I know you, and I don't think Jesse knows you. Right. Although I think Jesse knows of you in a penumbral metafilter sense. That's a least. good way. Yeah, way. well, That's a little bit. Uh, you, you know where I actually know you from first and foremost? I mean, I actually, uh, I, I kind of witnessed the formation of song fight back in the Dumbrella board oh, days. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I wasn't really involved not being a musician myself, so I just right. kind of like watched it from afar. But you, um, you wrote a web-based digital delivery shopping cart service that's funny that, that's like, that was like the first thing i was like i know i know the name brad sucks from somewhere and i finally like it clicked for me yeah that's funny that's like it's weird that's like the third person now <laughs> I, as, since i've been here that's like you wrote that digital down and like nobody i wrote this digital download uh script thing for my own website and i open sourced it so basically you could it was kind of like a band camp before there was band camp and uh and yeah apparently it was popular one of one of the guys at uh, dinner last night he had used it on two different projects and i don't believe he had listened to any of my music but <laughs> which is actually what i'm more well known for in a you well know. and the thing is i think i might know what you're talking about and i had no idea that had anything to do with you either but uh but before Bandcamp, there probably had to be a lot of enthusiasm for that among the people specifically looking for it so i can see how if you're doing anything at all useful there People would be like, "Oh yeah, that I gotta try that out because yeah. I want to do this." Uh, there were a few options around those times. I think there was like eJunkie and a few other things, but they were all kind of costly and took took like a big percentage. And it was around when Amazon S three came out, like the really cheap uh, digital secured file hosting thing. So I made a little script to to do that, like deliver the stuff off of that. So it would only cost me like. Uh, you know, right now I, I still get bills for forty cents a month for my my storage <laughs> and delivery from Amazon S three, and then I get all the PayPal less less whatever PayPal fees. So yeah, well that's cool. That's that's interesting. That they, it's because you branded it with your name right on it. Yeah, Otherwise, well, I, I never would have made the connection. Yeah, I wasn't gonna put it up. I was like promotion, <laughs> do it, jam your name on anything. <laughs> Well, we should actually. We, we. I think the 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 words "Brad sucks" have occurred several times so oh, yes. far in yeah, passing, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I didn't actually say them when I was introducing you. So, That's "Brad true. sucks" is your working name as a musician, yes. uh, and I suppose as a internet entity as well. Yes. Although it seems like the music thing in particular has been going very well for a while now, as far as that goes. Yeah, yeah. Since probably, um, I mean, I started back. Started "Brad sucks" back in uh, two thousand two thousand one which was the old days. Like I wrote my own blogging software. I was like back <laughs> before, like I wrote my own blogging software and then I think I switched to uh, movable type when it, when it came out <laughs> and I was, so it was early days. And, 
and then spent just a bunch of time just putting music online and my big thing was that I like gave my music away for free which does not sound novel at all now but it, <laughs> at the it, time it was it was, a, it was people were just horrified or shocked or just that I would say you know I'm just going to put this stuff up I got nothing to lose uh, take it and whatever well and, you, you you had a if I'm remembering right, there were a lot of remixes too. People who just like knew well, you and liked your stuff, and so and you would make the files available, and they would sort of yeah. I made sure it. to put all I I would put the stems or the uh, you know I would put all the material up so that people could remix it, and then I also told people use it any way you want. Like if you just want to use like the drums from a track in your own track, just go do it. I don't care, and I you know my whole thing was just sort of based out of. I mean, people ask why I was doing it, and I was like, just desperation. I don't know. I have nothing. <laughs> I just want to. Well, it would. Uh, yeah, you're right. It might really hurt my existing huge revenue. Yeah, exactly. Music, like, you know. I have. You know, I'm not exactly gonna ruin my own career by. Uh, and I always thought, you know, your biggest your biggest enemy was was obscurity, and as soon as you put up that wall of like, no, you got to pay some money or go to a store or something to yeah. be able to hear to even hear it. Uh, that that was going to really slow it down. Well, and, yeah, it's funny because I remember when I when I first started doing music and started posting anything online, uh, I had that sort of like, should I really, shouldn't I come up with some sort of system for like, you know, monetizing? Shouldn't I come up with some way to like gatekeep this so that people can be like, oh, hey, I should give you some money to find out if I like your music. And, and I, I got over that really quick because I've never like really tried to do anything commercial with music at all. Like I've never like right. tried to sell an album. I've, I've just, I just I love making music when I do, but I get distracted and it's one of several hobbies. And so it's like yeah. it's never been anything where I was in a position where I should expect to really make money off it. Right. Yeah. And uh, I think at one point I was making a little bit of money off of a musical newspaper site I was doing called the Aural Times. Oh yeah. Uh, where I would I would just like three days a week I would write a short little song about some news headline uh and then i put and pretended it was like a fake newspaper i'd write up a, a short little like 200 word write-up uh as an editorial by the editor-in-chief who was me dressed up in a like a tie and a you know glasses on and whatnot but uh the whole thing it, it was fun but I was like I, I was doing this work and i was like should i and i think i made like you know 50 cents a week off of adsense yeah. at the time uh and, and, and I sort of struggled with it. Like, like, should I be trying to find some way to turn this into money? And I think I sold a few t-shirts and mugs off Cafe Press off a branded store and yeah. like 10 bucks that way. And I, I sort of realized eventually, like, you know, maybe at some point I'll be in a place where I want to try and turn this into something that is a money-making venture, but it's not going to be by saying, hey, and now you have to give money to mm -hmm. listen to my MP3s. Because like, uh, whatever, I just liked making this song. Go fucking listen to it. I, I yeah. would so much rather have a thousand people listen to something for free than to make $2 off 10 people listening to something. You know, right. it's like, so yeah, it's a weird thing. And I feel like until you've actually sat down and done that, like made the thing, put it out there and really sort of grappled with that. A lot of people, I think it's weird to them because they're like, but but you made it, shouldn't you make some money? And yeah, it's, it's sort of hard yeah. to get in that headspace of realizing that, eh. Yeah, and I think, I always thought you'd be fine as long as you had uh, an audience. As long as you had fans, you're fine. Like, you're the only person who can make more of, like, if you can prove that your stuff is valuable enough that somebody's going to, like, listen to it and, like, they're attracted to it in some way, then you're fine. Like, I don't know. I just... And I remember, like you, I, I did... 
I did a bunch of like writing and stuff before then and like tried a whole bunch of websites and tried to do ads and things like that. And just trying to tightly, you know, trying to grind money out of that was just like exhausting and failed. And when I started the Brad Sucks thing, I was just like, fuck it. I just, you know, all I, all I care about is getting it out there and getting it in front of as many people as I can with whatever limited resources or talent that I have. Yeah. Just do the thing you know how to do and yeah. worry about it later. Yeah. And it was, and back then it was great because I felt like I had nothing to lose. Like there was no, <laughs> you know, the worst case scenario was just nobody pays attention and you're just, you quietly stop doing it and whatever. It's actually gotten harder now that, that there's like, you know, people paying attention. Like I used to just post demos. Like I'd post my, post a song that was like i don't know it's it's getting there i'll just post this one up and see what people generally think of it even though it's not done and i'm probably going to change a bunch of bunch of stuff and at first it was fine and people would just be like hey that's nice and then probably around the peak like around like 2010 or so i'd get like you know 80 comments or something and they'd be like divisive and people would have like opinions <laughs> and then i would and then I would put out, then I'd, I'd go, I'd work on it, and then I'd finish it up, and I'd change some things, and they'd be like, you ruined it! You ruined the song! <laughs> you asshole! It was perfect! <laughs> and and I don't know what to, you know, what do I do with that information? Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know, so that, that's, that's been a little that's a it's, it's a weird sort of cost of like, you know, I'm, I'm having success, and it translates into sort of weird grief and stress and having to deal with people. Yeah. Which, you know, is not, not the reason why you sit alone uh, <laughs> in a dark office working on music and putting it on the internet and not seeing a single person. <laughs> it's not so I could deal with tons exactly. of people and their opinions of me. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll, uh, this will be uh, Brad Sucks's uh, very, very favorite older track of mine, Making Me Nervous. Uh, we'll play that and we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about music making type stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, and that was making me nervous. Yes. As far as you all know, <laughs> that's my that's my hit. That was uh, that was. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Metafilter as we seem to inevitably do so far, just because like everybody who I know in town is mostly also. It crosses my mind that this is a different show for Metafilter users versus non-Metafilter users. I feel users. like I feel I could really, yeah. We but, can't but help but just it, falling into that it's conversation. It's not so bad, though. It's not like the Metafilter podcast where we literally just talk about various threads and comments made by users on Metafilter. Sure. It's more like, oh, Metafilter enters the discussion. But now we're using the word Metafilter like 10 times in a minute. So yeah. I'm sort of underscoring <laughs> my own argument. I'm about ready to brag about my low user number. Oh, shit. Yeah, what is your user number? <laughs> it's uh, 1983. Nice. Man, that is, that is really nice. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm 7418, and that at these at this point is a pretty impressive one. But you got me undercut badly. Yeah, yeah I was surprised. I was so because when I when I came to it, I thought it was already it was so established and breaking into the the cool kid club. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that would have been what sometime in 2000 you signed up. Yeah, it must have been must have been around there. Uh, but yeah, so you're 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 frenetic on yeah. uh, on Metafilter and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where I know you from, is uh, you were one of the other uh, music enthusiasts on the site, as it were. And when we finally properly launched a, a music sub-site in mm-hmm. 2006, uh, some of your songs were among the very first songs posted. Because I think you had actually submitted a couple to the previous iteration yes, of music. Which uh, the previous version launched in 2003 was actually just Matt Howie, the guy who runs the site, saying, Hey, email me an MP3 and I'll post it. Yeah, and uh, that went downhill very quickly because he realized that once a hundred people were sending him MP3s, he was too lazy to <laughs> post them all because what a pain in the ass. Yeah, um, which is the story of like three different web projects I've done as well. It's oh, it's really easy to not think these things through, I guess. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, making me nervous. Uh, what was the other really early one? There was Dirtbag, Dirtbag that I posted on there. Yeah. I think that one might have been on the... The, the Metafilter compilation, the com- yeah. compilation. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't quite put both of them on because that'd be kind of yeah. a dick move, but I I was so... Like, <laughs> those were my two favorite submissions, I think, uh, when we were putting that together. I yeah, think those Dirt, were, Dirtbag was the right choice, I think. <laughs> those were all... Uh, yeah, those were really nice times because I was still... Uh, you know, I was putting my stuff out and then wondering if anybody would actually like it like i had oh going back to the giving stuff away for free too that i i had read i had read this um thing by uh, what's his name scott adams who now does cr- cr- crazy stuff on metafilter <laughs> son of a bitch yes <laughs> yeah, yeah but he had a really good quote that i liked early on which was how do you know whether you're funny your strip your comic strip is funny or not and he was like well it has to pass the copy test people have to choose to like you know without you there like they're not like, oh, lovely comic, Josh. That's awesome. I love it. But like, when you're not around, they'll like put it on their cubicle wall. They'll like, and I was like, yeah, probably the same thing applies to music. Like, I can ask my mom if she likes it, or I can, <laughs> you know, my friends, and they'll be like, yeah, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's really nice. But if people are actually just sort of like finding it on their own, and like, then I, I was like, well, that would mean that I actually have something. So when people were. Actually, like, I mean, Matt Howie blogged about uh, my album at one point, and that was like, I remember that just being like, oh my god, that's so, I think I can maybe do, Yeah, I might be okay at this. Yeah, it's like, yeah, okay, people who do not have any kind of social yeah, obligation no, whatsoever are still saying nice things. They could easily ignore me, it w- would not matter at all. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a neat thing. I've, I, my experience with uh, this stuff is often uh, on sort of like, fan 
like, like, like I started fandom specific things. Like I, I, I learned the word fandom sometime in the last two years, but I've been doing like fandom baiting in the last like seven to eight. So, so <laughs> I just got such a look from Jesse. Uh, that, was a, that, was a, that was a very supercilious... You should keep uh, your fandom baiting to yourself. That should stay in the bedroom. That was a little bit of accidental uh, uh, wordplay, a little yeah. bit of uh, self-lexical uh, pleasure. Flagellation. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that was good. That was... Fandom-bation. Yes. Yeah. But fandom, the, the idea yes. of like, the, how do you describe a group of people who are fans of a thing... Because if you have stardom, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the nature of being a star, well, fandom is kind of the nature of being a fan of a thing. And so a, right. a, a fandom as a collective noun, like a murder of crows, a fandom of X-Files nuts, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had done this uh, thing with my wife several years ago, um, Mulder's Big Adventure, right, where we that. just recapped X-Files episodes. And, and it was funny because, like, we started getting a little bit of attention, like like attention in terms of like, you know, 20 or 30 comments every time we made a post every week or two, mm-hmm. which on the one hand is nothing, but on the other hand is super exciting. Yeah. If you've never like, you know, gotten regular feedback on a creative project before. And, uh, and it was weird for me to realize part of it was, it was like a weird sort of deal with the devil almost because like the people who were really excited were people who were way more in X-Files than I was. <laughs> like yeah. I was like, we liked the X Files, and we'd watched it all, and then we were watching it again and writing these up. But we we were not nuts about X Files. We didn't yeah. have our own MST three King each script, right, live yeah. journal blogs, etc. You know, and it was weird, sort of realizing, okay, to some extent, if you're repurposing someone else's content, you're going to get fans of that content who are yeah. excited that you're also into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think there's there's probably something slightly more, I don't know, a pure something slightly more like wholly your own when you start getting that sort of reactions to something that's just completely your own work, I would imagine. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Like, I guess it would be similar to like, if you did remixes of, of songs or something Mm. like that. And like, yeah, you know, you did a good job doing a remix, but when you write and record it yourself, I don't know. I don't know that it's pure, but, but there was definitely like, um, it's, it's, I mean, it feels a little bit safer to me to like, you know, work within the context of somebody else's like creation a little bit. Like, I mean, like fan fiction seems like it would be really pleasurable to write because you're working with things that you know that work. Yeah, the underpinnings are all there. The skeleton. Yeah. yeah. Just throwing so you have on. you have a little bit of a safety thing and people who already like those characters and you don't have to go. But yeah, when you're starting something like completely new, like, I mean, you know, like a novelist or something like that, it would that would be... You need to figure out whether you are wasting your time completely, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, how do you know until you sort of like get a bunch of work done or start getting reactions to it? And then you're never really sure even when even when it seems like it's going okay, you're like, nah, I might still be wasting my time. I don't I'm not a hundred percent. Yeah, I, I feel like there's there's a similar sort of thing with uh sort of the nature of sort of criticism as entertainment, which uh, which is something I've been thinking about lately. Um, and I imagine you have too, since we've both been doing our, as we've discussed previously, our, our we, we've both got movie sort of analysis podcasts going sure, on. Sure. Yours with In the Cunt and me with... Sure, kind of armchair. Uh, the Hellraiser mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's weird because, like, I mean, I really enjoy it. I love, I love watching movies. I love talking about movies. It's a lot of fun. And I feel like I have intelligent things to say. But at the same time, you know the distinction between making a movie and talking about how someone didn't do a good enough job of making movies is a little bit weird sometimes. Do you, I mean, do you 
feel like because we've talked about the idea of sure. filmmaking even do you sure. feel any sort of conflict about that jesse a little bit it's it's i mean you should never kind of get your free ride based on tearing down someone something someone else spent a lot of time on and put their heart into i think that's just always going to be cheap and lazy but i think you can i mean the art of criticism can be an art in and of itself when it's done well and so i think it's useful that way um I talked about it on my last movie podcast a little oh. bit too. If you want to hear me expounding at great tedious length, <laughs> that about my 19? own uh, uh, twenty was part two oh, okay. or twenty one was part two of the finale. Oh, right, right, right. Um, but uh, moreover, I, I, I was curious, like whether you thought both of you thought you get a little bit of a free ride, or whether there's kind of a higher bar to clear when you're working with material that overlaps with someone else's. Because Dude in Catastrophe is one of my favorite songs. Oh, and really? I bought it on Rock Band, and I right, pl- yeah. I've been playing it on drums for a while That now. was the one I, I did with MC Front a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I try, I try really hard not to think about the critical aspect. And I find it hard to listen to. See, there are things that I like where I will listen to podcasts or, or read articles. Like, I mean... Um, like I'm pretty into like mixed martial arts type of stuff. So I listen to like a podcast about that and I really like their insightful, you know, criticisms or analysis or whatever. But I'm sure a lot of the fighters or a lot of the people probably absolutely hate like they just should be like <laughs> what the fuck do you know? <laughs> just sitting there and when I listen to like music podcast uh type of things like I think I was trying to listen to Sound Opinion mm-hmm. and and I was just having a bad reaction to it. Like, I, like it wasn't it wasn't about me or anything. It was just like, what? Leave leave that person alone. Yeah, you don't know. Film seems like I don't know. Music also sort of I don't know where I'm going with this, but like music seems to like people treat it as like real a lot of the time. Like, not that it's not doesn't come from a place of reality, but like with a film, you can just be like. Well, here's what they put on the screen, and here's what I think of. How, yeah, it's much how easier effective. to get that distance with a film. Like, there's no sense yeah. of immediacy. Like, you never, you never go and see a live film show. Like, you know, you never like, man, James Cameron's a great fucking director. I saw him this one time at CBGB, and it was yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's like there's, and no you don't way. worry about his lifestyle or yeah. hmm. whether what he put in his film was true. Hmm. Yeah, like was the dialogue that he wrote was that actually from his life or was it like made up? Is he a poser? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, and I feel like there can be like huh. little bits of that. Like if someone goes from being an indie filmmaker to sort of working in a more yeah. proper thing, then you can see it. But still, it's like it's a it's a major difference of degree compared to like, yeah, people get so invested potentially in yeah. a band or in a musician because they're like, I don't know. I went to these shows and it was great. And I kind of know the guy and I've read about him. And we talked this one time. He bummed a cigarette yeah. off me. Then and, you get disillusioned. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, oh, they changed like. You didn't have an actual relationship. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to break it. Have you have, have you have you had anybody be really actively disillusioned at you? Uh yeah, 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 yeah. I I mean, well, I wouldn't say actively. I've been really fortunate largely cuz I don't see yeah, I don't do much. I don't like force my way in front of people, but I've had people uh I remember I did a thing like I made changes on my website. Like I used to just have all my demos like you just go to my music page and you would see the stuff that was on my album. You could download all the MP3s, and then I had all my unfinished demos, and then uh, and you could just come and check it all out. Sure. And then I thought because I was getting all this feedback that maybe I didn't quite want, but I did like posting 
the like I felt like posting the mu- the unfinished music was good for me like to get it it forced me to like put it up and put it out there but I was a little hesitant for it to be like the first thing somebody like they go to my website and they hear my crappy unfinished <laughs> song that I don't vouch for completely just yet so I made it so that uh so that people would have to like sign up like you'd have to log in uh like make an account become a brad sucks best friend forever (laughs) and then once you were logged in you could see all that stuff and there was like forum forums and stuff and that's still still the way it works but i was actually looking at your site uh the other day and uh I saw the BFF thing, and for some reason, I was really trying to like turn it into an acronym for something. It's like, but it's not his initials. I don't know. And somehow, I managed to stare at BFF for five minutes without actually figuring out. Oh, BFF, right? It probably just means BFF. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But then people, uh, there were a bunch of people who were very mad at me for like, like they felt like I was, I was like starting to, to like try to control them, like. Yeah, I don't know. It was just walled garden man. Like, because I was all about openness, you know, sure. just putting stuff yeah. up, giving it away for free, and they thought that was like the beginning step of me just turning evil. Clearly, like, it's a slippery slope. Like, next thing you know, it's going to be subscription based. You know, you're going to have to enter your credit card or something. I've always thought that you were about ten years away from being musical Hitler, personally. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you yeah. just stop shaving that little bit. Of your yes, nose yes, and- exactly. Uh, and then, you know, I just got some weird criticism. Well, I shouldn't say it's weird because it actually, like, really bothered me. Like, because I was like, what? That's not why I was, I was doing it because I was shy. I don't know. Like, <laughs> is that better somehow? I'm just, I'm just neurotic. I'm yeah, an asshole. Well, like, uh, and, then, and then there have been, like, um, you know, just reviews and things where people, um, people get very fixated on the name. Brad sucks name, which I'm like, okay, it's 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 a little weird, but Actually, I I, I want to talk about that briefly, but let's take another quick break. Yeah, uh, sure. We'll play uh, your recent cover for the Metafilter Music Challenge, where we covered the hell out of uh, Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars, uh, and you did a, a really nice. Uh, I, I I felt sort of like laconic, sort of like you know getting down into the the underbelly of the song cover of uh, Soul Love. Yeah, that was really interesting. It was it was kind of it wasn't like my like I got assigned it, so it wasn't yeah yeah it wasn't like my favorite song. I had the same experience. I I got assigned uh, "It Ain't Easy," which is like my least favorite song off that right. album. See, I really like that one, but I don't know <laughs> if I could do a good version of it. But yeah, so I was really like, okay, well, this will be. But yeah, it's kind of the fun of the assignment thing. Is like it, yeah, maybe it's better because you could just really go in with a hatchet if you're yeah. not super too too close yeah, to it to really get see, a, it see it was i was like oh that's great i can just not care about it and it'll be fine <laughs> yeah. and then uh and then i worked on it and then i played it for a few friends and they were go why'd you pick that song to cover? <laughs> i didn't it's not Jesus. not actually a very good one of the better bowie songs i was like uh, well i <laughs> we're all doing our part man we're and then you're look. defending it a except little for bit. like the two people <laughs> yeah. who didn't do like their and yeah it's, yeah did it actually get fleshed out because there were a few missing i missing think we songs. may have ended up one song short uh oh, really? and i was gonna do a last minute uh, version of uh rock and roll suicide i think oh yeah uh, no no i was gonna do a last minute version of suffragette city but then someone did end up having done that yeah i think maybe rock and roll suicide never got done oh okay uh, but that's a song i like like 
forty percent of that song a lot, and the other sixty percent I could just like give a shit about. There's a bunch of Bowie from that period where I yeah. There's like yeah. oh I love the verses in this yeah. <laughs> and then no, why you fuck up the chorus? Great or bridge. Yeah. Sorry about everything else. <laughs> I yep. didn't really. There's there's a couple songs that are actually everything's good about it except for the actual Bowie, which is kind of a terrible thing to say. But oh really? I don't know. Every once in a while, his, his vocals. Like I love that he is this specific person, and I love the character of his voice. But because of it, like every once in a while, there's a song where, I'm like, really, I kind of would like to hear anyone else sing this song than you, man, because you're really sort of doing a weird, reedy, fucking halfway <laughs> to Neil Young thing. And the yeah. thing is, I don't really like the sound of Neil Young's voice at all. But that's a whole thing. So we've, anyway, we've just heard <laughs> so many famous millionaire musicians. Basically, feelings. fuck you all with your money and your success yeah. and your talent and your heart. <laughs> This is, the, this is the art of criticism yes. we were alerting we're to basically, earlier. This is the music which is version basically of a middle radio. finger to yeah. everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine what, what that's our cultural <laughs> contribution. Can't imagine what Neil Young's like reaction to criticism must be. Just like you know, he's a legend and everybody loves his songs. But then also everybody shit talks his yeah. voice. I bet. Constantly. I bet you what he does at this point is just like like thousand yard stare and just rotate slowly yeah. and walks away because like he doesn't yeah. even have to react just like you know what i'm sure he's been through that okay well we'll play a uh, soul love <laughs> by brad sucks and uh we'll come back in just a minute here
coming back from Soul Love with Brad Sucks. I wanted to follow up a little bit with you, if you don't mind. Um, I think it's pretty interesting what you touch on there with, uh, not in the song, but in the conversation we were having, about the listener's relationship with the musician is pretty unique. I mean, it's I, I don't I don't know that we really have that in someone who goes to an art gallery and looks at the artist, although there's some aspects of that, but definitely not in a movie, which maybe because it's more of a collaborative effort or, or, or what, but... I think that it's kind of it's it's one aspect of the relationship between the the artist and their audience that's pretty unique within music, and I, and I think you're right that there's it's kind of a there's a downside to it in that you feel beholden to them in terms of like you can't even be your own person or you have to they expect you to live up to a certain personality or expectation that or lifestyle or be sort of honest in a certain ways, way. Yeah. But at the same time, it, it means that you can feel a real personal connection to someone through their art, um, mm-hmm. and and that I have had you know emotional reactions to albums that I've never had with movies, and probably a movie couldn't reach because it seems more it seems less individualistic and personal and intimate in a, yeah, in that way. Definitely. I mean, my favorite, like, yeah, I could possibly talk about this forever, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, but, I would be happy for you too. Frank. <laughs> <laughs> it's just flashing through all the various angles that mm-hmm. I could, uh, but yeah, like my favorite records always, I felt like they spoke to me specifically, like they were vague and that's one of the things with songwriting I really like. I really like sort of a broad, like a central theme to a song that, so it has some sort of intent, like usually it's like the title or the chorus or whatever. But then I like it to be open to interpretation. I don't like too literal of a thing. And I think that that makes it more relatable. And you put in things that really feel real to you. And then there's some other things that are maybe more like, you know, that are interesting or it's just a big sort of mishmash to me. And then people will listen to that and they'll ignore everything that doesn't relate <laughs> mm-hmm. to their personal experience it's, that it's they're like going a, through right it's now. It's like a horoscope. It's like a newspaper horoscope. Yeah, it's exactly. You, know, you throw like five things yeah. there. And if one of them is just super meaningful to someone, yeah, that boom, that's like, that's their fucking anchor. To yeah. That. And that was always the thing that I really loved about music. I mean, I loved that. It's speaking to me type of thing. So, you know, I was always kind of trying to shoot for that sort of thing. Like, I wanted to say my own stuff and talk about my own things. But I didn't want to get too into, like, no, seriously, this is exactly what happened. (laughs) And you need to know, you all need to know. But, like, the general feeling, you know, like, I, you know, some of my, like, making me nervous and stuff like that. Like, it's clear what that is vaguely about because it's, you know, making me nervous pretty straightforward title but then a lot of the details so people will relate to those things i find and then they make a lot of assumptions about um me uh as a person uh which is fine but also it's just a strange thing that doesn't happen so much with other uh you know you get to write a novel and you get to be like, I came up with a bunch of characters and I put them down and I arranged them in this order. And uh, was that, that was really good, right? Or did you enjoy that? And like, yes, write another one. <laughs> Whereas in music, it's almost like they don't want you to write another one a lot of the time. Like second album sucked. Hmm. Hey, your sophomore uh, effort. Talk yeah. about sophomore. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I want to talk briefly about the the sort of like predominant aesthetic of your uh, naming because 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 your 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 act 
as it were, is Brad Sucks. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, your first album was called I Don't Know What I'm Doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your second album was called Out of It. Yeah. Your third album, Guess Who's a Mess. Yeah. And I've always <laughs> loved these because th- it's, it's wonderful. Because like, that is kind of the experience of being, you know, you know, both a musician uh, and you know, the, the human condition. Like, yeah, there's a whole lot of neurosis and self-doubt and, you know, yeah. you kind of cope with the uncertainty of the world in part by lowering your own expectations and beating yourself up a little bit to say, hey, you know what, you know, and that way, like, the good stuff is good and the bad stuff, you're like, I can deal with it. I was prepared for this because, like, I'm, yeah. I'm not some fucking superstar. I'm a human being, you know, falling down on a regular right. basis. Well, the, I mean, the whole sort of thing, I mean, I wasn't sort of consciously deciding to do this at the time, but but looking back, I was I was really scared about doing music and putting myself out there. And I had like done work under like aliases and stuff and whatever. And then I was finally like, "That's it! I'm just gonna like do this, and I'm gonna go like hard." Uh, but I was like, I think the only way I can do it is if I tell everyone not to expect very much. <laughs> I think the only thing that'll make it okay for me to do something that's not perfect is if I right up front say, yeah, yeah, I'm not very good. But here it is anyway. <laughs> now, do you feel... Because uh, your, your later albums, your, your first one was 2003, and then like another one like five years later, another mm-hmm. one four years later. And, yeah. and, and it feels like... And, and, and maybe it was only... Because you were talking about how earlier about how like 2010 was where you felt like it was sort of like stuff was really sort of yeah uh, I don't want to say peaking because that's that that's suggesting yeah. you know a long downward curve but like you know, <laughs> you, it seems like you felt like things were going uh, but then with guess who's a mess you know aesthetically uh, it's still very much running with that like uh, did you feel mm-hmm. like at that point you were sort of like putting out like no seriously I'm still a neurotic mess in terms of it or was it more like running with the theme just because it works well with what you've established like were you actually feeling okay but like no I was not feeling okay <laughs> I felt tremendous pressure <laughs> to follow up to like do something that was decent and I f- you know the t- the <laughs> the title guess who's a mess is actually sort of like joking about the fact that people would act like all my bullshit was in the past <laughs> you know they, they'd be like you know wow i really related to that how'd you get through it i didn't i'm like going through it right now like I'm, i was talking about it because it is happening and just because i managed to put out some things and and i have a few fans you're acting like i am different from you like you're oh you're so better than me like no you, i'm still this motherfucker who's just doing this i thing. yeah i am like scared to put out this album like so it does it has felt pretty you know that one felt real to me it wasn't like running with the theme i am feeling like some like i i kind of you know i'm i'm getting to be i'm creeping up on 40 and like all those things in my my catalog are all sort of like the negativity. I'm like getting a little tired of it personally. <laughs> like I'm just so I sort of want to do something like a little bit different, but it has to come from like it's like I have to be a different person in order yeah. to like for that to come it's, out of it. You it's know? a weird thing because like I, I I remember when when I started I started writing songs in like high school, like you know fifteen, like fourteen, fifteen. I learned to play the guitar, yeah. guitar and started writing songs and. It was it was such a just like blundering about trying to sort of like 
I was doing a lot of impersonations of like some weird synthesis of Bob Dylan and Roger Waters. Right. And like getting the worst half of each in a lot of the songs <laughs> I wrote. Uh, and I remember at some point, like I did a pretty good job of sitting, like they weren't necessarily great songs, but I did a good job of sitting down and writing songs mm-hmm. when I was in that weird sort of adolescent and early post-adolescent thing where I was confused and upset and hadn't figured shit out in a really you know profoundly active way that you can do when you're like 17 18 i mm. think especially and uh and and some of that like just angry i'm having an incredibly bad day i'm going to write a song stuff sort of dried up for me once things started settling out a little bit and at this point right. i'm like i'm relatively happy most of the time and i don't yeah. really there's nothing i'm really fucking angry at in a visceral way and yeah I, I don't really write as many songs anymore. And it's a it's a weird thing because, like, yeah, I've had that thought, like, you know, well, I should just write some happy songs. And really what I end up doing is writing, like, I, I end up recording covers of songs or I end up writing, like, humorous songs. Like, I'll do a parody or something. And yeah. that's, yeah, I mean, because that's its own sort of craft. But, like, I don't get struck up. I've never sat down and just written a song about how awesome daisies are and I love the sunshine. It's like, I've never even known where to fucking start with that stuff. Like I know how to write an angry song. I don't know how to write a song about sunflowers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've never known how to pick what you really like. uh, That sounds weird, but like I, when I'm choosing like what the song's going to be about or what the title is going to be or something, it all has to kind of just feel Right. Like it's, it's, you know, I have a really hard time. Well, I can sit down and go, yeah, I'll write a song about flowers. No problem. And then I will not finish it. (laughs) Like I will just work like a little bit on it and then not get back to it. Yeah. And there's something about when it feels right and you get kind of lost in it. You're like, you know, no, this is something I really actually need to get out of me. And that, you know, that's the thing that I enjoy. Like, that's what I started doing when I was like 13, like working on uh, trackers and stuff like that, where I was like, you know, it's like somebody drawing or something and just losing track of time. And yeah. that, that sort of stuff is what really is enjoyable about it to me. Speaking of trackers, what was your favorite tracker? Uh, well, Impulse Tracker was, you know, the best. It seems like the biggie. Because, yeah. but I used... I used Far Tracker. I used uh, F- Farandole Composer. That w- those were six six nines, I believe. Or no, was that one? Another Scream Tracker Three was my first one. Uh, yeah, but it was Impulse Tracker. I paid for a license for that. Oh, and uh, legit. Well, you could output <laughs> no the, NFOs for you. Yeah, you could output the individual tracks as waves. Oh, nice. So I would do my work in there and then pull it into a... I used Fast Tracker, but I never got super big into the, the mod thing just because I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Uh, we have lost the entire audience. <laughs> <laughs> but enough about trackers. Where uh, am I right now? <laughs> so I, I, a couple biographical... Maybe, can questions. I just explain trackers? For, oh, sure. For yeah, people? actually, sure. I would love that. If you could, yeah, if you can do it in 60 have, seconds, I will be excited. And then I want to it, come back to... It is like writing show. music in a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is it. That was, that was taught. That was right on it. Thank you. That is basically what it is. <laughs> Alley-oop on that one. <laughs> what were you going to say, Jesse? Well, I was thinking just because it, this is what was running through my mind when, when you were talking about the songwriting process and, and how you feel like you're coming to a stage where you might be writing music from a different place than you were in your previous albums. Mm-hmm. Writing an album it seems like can be really cathartic and 
I was wondering. That's one way to look at it. (laughs) And difficult and (laughs) frustrating. Also horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you, I mean, so I guess that's my question is, do you feel like you, you come out of writing an album different person than you go into writing the album as, or is it, do you feel like you're kind of, you're, you're approaching the same theme with each album as the same person in a lot of ways? Uh, I feel like I've been largely the same person, but, um, you like I've I've definitely this past one was really difficult for me. I put the demos online, started putting demos on like 2009 or so, and then um, and then people were giving me all this feedback, and I was a little paralyzed. Like I didn't know what to do. It seemed like a lot of the criticism overlapped or contradicted. Hmm. So you're like. <laughs> So I'm like, okay, I want to make a perfect thing, you guys. Can right. you all decide on one <laughs> thing? I just want everyone to be happy. Like Alice really wants, it feels like it's good, but it needs to be a little bit smoother. And yeah. Bob thinks it's good, but it needs to be a little bit more rough. Exactly. More just make it right. faster and slower. Yeah. And, right. You make and the logo bigger, but also really underemphasize it. Right. So, and then that led to, I had basically all the songs done in demo form. And then it just led to me like dragging my heels for like several years of like, you know, uh, you know, I just opened the, the, I didn't write any music for like about two years and I, I like would just probably like every, I don't know, like a bunch of times a week, I would load up the files into my, my DAW, into my program and then like move one thing (laughs) and then like, I don't know, close it down. It's hard. It's, you know, when you put something down that you're you know, working on creatively and, and you put it down and you're, and you're feeling like dispirited or just not motivated, it's hard to pick it back up again. And yeah, I've done that thing where you pick something up and you're like, I'm going to fucking work on this. And yeah. you get as far as getting it set up and you're like, I'm not going to fucking work on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I had that a little bit and then I was, but at some point it was like, so are we, are we quitting? Are we, <laughs> is that it? Are we, are you just, cause you can just stop opening it up if you're just done. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm not willing to quit. I really like, and so it's been a lot of like trying to figure out uh, how I want to do it on my own terms, I guess, you know, like, uh, you know, the way that you talk about, and you know, I really admire a lot of your creative projects, like, because you seem like you really enjoy them and like get a lot out of them and <laughs> enjoy them until the moment I stop enjoying them. And then I yeah, but leave them by the <laughs> side of the road bleeding. But that's nice. Like, um, so I felt like with this one, I came out, a pretty different person because I was like, I ain't doing it like that again. Yeah, I am done doing it that style. I want to do. I want to be like the only part that I really, 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 really love is the creating uh, stuff. Like you know, that's the part that I totally yeah, love. Yeah, everything else just sort of goes along with it, and uh, and that's fine. I also like some of the like feeling like I reached people. That that other yeah thing is nice. Um, the nice people. <laughs> if I reached people that I feel like I'm really reaching some assholes. Like I'm really, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so this one, I was like, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to do. I want to do this like slow negative thing anymore. I want to do something a little bit different. But for the three records, it was pretty much the same type of thing. I mean, it was, I was pretty much the same person. Mm-hmm. Now I'm kind of thinking like I'd like to go in some other directions and try out some other things because it's just it's not going to be fun if i'm not doing that if i'm just like paralyzed yeah so yeah yeah i think there has to be some risk taking to just make it interesting maybe 
Well, there's, I mean, it f- feels, it always feels like yeah. a huge risk. Sure. sure. <laughs> You're just, here you go, everybody, shit on my thing. I, right. Um, just crush my, but then you also build it up by waiting so long and trying to be too much of a perfe- perfectionist about it. Yeah. And then it means more when somebody shits on it. If you, yeah. you know, iterate more. If you're like, if you're that's, doing, if I think you, that's what's motivated my sort of like manic approach to creative projects. It's like yeah. I start something every three months because that way, like, I don't have to sit around. Like, a week is a long time for me to wait. The yeah. fact that we haven't put any podcasts up, even though we recorded like the first one two weeks ago, for me, that's like, I, there's a part of my brain that is just running around in circles dying. Yeah. It's like, but I'm not getting immediate feedback <laughs> on this thing. It exists, but we haven't, you know, it's like, yeah. So, yeah, it's. And that was the thing with the posting the demos. Like, you know, I felt like I I had finished this thing and I needed to do something. Yeah, I needed you need to... an outlet for it. You need to be able to, like, do that, yeah, yeah iterative sort of thing. So. Uh, well, there's one more thing I wanted to do real quick. If we can think of a good example for it before we oh. finish up, because I got to get you guys to that XOXO party. That's right. That I got to go party a couple weeks ago. <laughs> by the time we post this, probably. But uh, right, yeah. So you can't come to this party. Sorry. I will not remember my hangover yeah. tomorrow <laughs> because it will be several weeks. Or that's all you'll remember. That's impossible. Um, yes. But yes, uh, we, we we you asked a question, Jesse, last uh, podcast uh, when it was the two of us about throwing a baseball out of the moon's <laughs> orbit, and this ties into an idea that I think I at the time I punted on explaining but i ran a site several years ago called big big question mm. that was sort of a spin-off of ask metafilter in a very unofficial capacity because people love asking weird crazy what if the moon was made of cheese right. question but that's not really what ask metafilter was designed for it's more for solving actual problems right so i started this right. big this big was question meant site. to be like a grease trap for yeah exactly bubbling yeah over take all your crazy bullshit metafilter. questions <laughs> and we'll chat about them there yeah, and yeah. i loved it but it didn't really take off because it wasn't on the site proper and so you know, just didn't have momentum. But I always love the idea of these big, stupid questions. Mm, yep. And your question last week, out of blue, without us discussing this, about being able to throw a baseball off the moon or not, uh, it was perfect. That was a big, big <laughs> question. So uh, I guess I want to, if either of you have any... It had any, been bugging me. I don't know how to yeah, explain well, it. There's the, these questions tax us as, as human beings. So if either of you has any big, stupid, hypothetical questions or whatever, uh, this is your moment to throw it out there. And uh, oh my God. we can pick on something for a couple minutes. I I wish I had known we were doing this going into this. I should have set it up during the break, but uh, yeah, yeah. Also, but I'm not a pro. Would have appreciated a heads up on that. Yes. Um, oh, my big questions. God, I thought I was going to be the I've shitty been t- host this time, but <laughs> yeah, I've been late, and you're still winning. <laughs> I've been traveling, so mine are like, how does the bus system work in Portland? I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I literally don't know. <laughs> It terrifies me. Well, maybe we'll just. Set I got. This up. I got. I got the the one time I was trying to get home drunk on a bus because I'd missed the light rail. Yeah. Um. I was just sober, a random though. hobo had just been like, oh, yeah. "Hey, where are you trying to get to?" <laughs> I don't. And I'm like, I'm trying to sort of telling him my general address, but right. uh, and he's like, "Oh, you got to be on the 19. It's about to pull up right at that other stop. You're at the wrong stop, brother." And so yep. I was like, "Sprint." It's like oh, <laughs> this hobo knows the bus system better than me, so I'm just going to take his word for it. He he's drunker than I am, but I'm going to go for it anyway. And I miraculously got home thanks to him that's as close as i've ever come to understanding how the bus system works here it's probably not that complicated oh, i shouldn't uh, feel so bad then, yeah though. yeah no no i mean the fact that you know you missed your bus yeah uh earlier <laughs> is a pretty you're, that's already you're a journeyman i knew immediately I, yeah. I sensed it like and it's too late to run to where it actually is now yeah it's, it's when you it's when you stand around for half an hour thinking i wonder if i missed it that's that's when you're really yeah. out of your depth so well, that's the concept behind the big, big question. And next time I'll be 
a polite host and actually bring this up during a break so we can I, game it out. Here, I, I have one that's pretty convoluted and nerdy. Oh, will a, you cut this out if it doesn't go no, well? No, no, okay. you gotta you gotta invest. Okay, will All you right. feel for a second while I open the last beer then? <laughs> <laughs> I I, I want to be frank here. It's just it's a it's a minute before seven, and you guys have that party, so I don't want to hold you too long. For I don't. Okay. Here's a qu- here's a question. Okay. Yeah. You don't get a vote, Brad. Just All right. Listen. Cool. I uh. I hadn't seen the Star Wars films in a long time, and my girlfriend wanted to rewatch them too. And so I, what, I, what I did was I downloaded the Hermes Despecialized Editions, where this is a whole side tangent. Oh, yeah, so they pulled out all the stuff that Lucas did. Extremely tedious uh, recreation, restorative process to rebuild the films as they were originally shown in theaters, because no home v- version of those exists. Right, right. And I decided that we should probably try machete order. Ah yes, I've read about machete yeah, order, which is where you can you can watch them in the order uh, episode, episodes four, five, two, three, six in that order. Mm-hmm. So my question is, um, there the where do we put the Ewok magical caravan adventure film? <laughs> is that the in machete order? <laughs> which one's the Ewok magical caravan? Is that the it one? It came w- out between. Is that the TV thing with Wilford Brimley? No, I think that's the holiday special. Are no, you no, 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 the holiday no. special? No. no, there was like a TV movie with like a young girl with like a bracelet. Oh, uh, wait, was this? She was, was that, all dressed in white. Was that the Wilf- battle for Endor? Yes. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. So that's got to be in there. Why this was a direct to VHS. I mean, everybody talks about the holiday special. Nobody talks about battle for Endor. <laughs> Because it was just boring. Yeah. Well, yeah. the holiday special was pretty shit, too. Actually, as well, much as people talk it up, it's hard to sit through. I was not at, because it's lynching and horrifying. <laughs> it's just bad. Yeah, I was at a taco place uh, today. Robo Taco. Let's plug. <laughs> I should have asked them first. Eat it, Robo Taco. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, but they had We're the... a sponsorship thing out pretty easily. They had the holiday special uh, uh, playing on it. You're uh, shitting me today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Uh. Once you get a copy, and why not? Just loop it forever. They didn't have any audio, but and I've never, <laughs> and I've never sat there and actually stared at the whole thing. Like I've read about it, but I was sure. like immediately. There's no reason for me to actually watch this, but uh, yeah, it seemed pretty bad. Yeah, there's it, almost it, no dialogue in it. It's, it's all really, in Wookie with no subtitles. Well, and and musical numbers. It's <laughs> it's, like, it's like a really really overproduced and yet really really underwhelming episode of like the Sunny and Share Hour. Right. Yeah. You know, it's really bad. <laughs> yeah, I saw the musical number. Was that Jeff- Jefferson Starship at that time? I think so. I believe. I if my they they memory... mutated. I I don't remember. So did you watch? You watched full Machete Order. We we were, were starting it because I we, read a revised Machete Order one where they drop episode two completely, and I'm completely in favor of that. I, and, they, we're doing and they had a compelling case for that. Nothing happens in that. Yeah, I feel like film. you can just sort of pick up three as sort of like an in, in medias res thing. Like anything yeah. that's left hanging, it's not like Lucas was like plotting those prequels in a taut fashion where you would be just whiplashed if you didn't have to pick it up on the fly. Right. I think there are things set in motion in two, and that's why you drop one, because a well, lot of sure everything introduced in, motion, in one gets the, gets reiterated. The question I guess is 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 the the sub question now of your question is is are the things that are set in motion in two that are carried through in three worth sitting through all of two four? I think if the the purpose of Machete Order is you get to the revelation of 
uh, Vader being Luke's father, and then you have an extended flashback of Vader's origin story. Yeah, yeah. And so you should yeah. that should probably start with where he is as a kid in episode two, but you can completely drop all the nonsense politicking and Jar Jarism of yeah. number one. Pretty Actually, easily. yeah, you're you're right. I think I was I was wrong that it was two. I just want two to go away <laughs> yeah. because of all the horrible awkward love scenes. It's but yeah, God, the, Jesus, Christ. the uh, I hate sand. <laughs> so coarse. Okay, I, 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 <laughs> it gets everywhere. Gets in your labia. It's, um, <laughs> if we're if we're auditioning, if we're gonna uh, choose titles for this episode, can I uh, nominate "Gets in Your Labia"? Yeah, I think, I, think the, um, <laughs> I guess if I could have like a deep question. So that whole scene in episode three, with the like, I have the higher ground. Oh yeah, mm. when they're he's about. Mm-hmm. Is that like a real thing? Well, right? having the higher ground, like, does that make you undefeatable? Well, tactically, because apparently because it doesn't, it's... because he jumps over him and gets cut in half. Yeah. right after that, right? Well, I, I, think, I think Anakin was had the lower ground, and he tried to jump over Obi Wan, and then Obi Wan just sliced all of his limbs off mid jump. Oh, okay. Uh, which I guess would be the higher ground thing. The, the the basic thing with higher ground is it's really hard to move uphill. So, like, it's not necessarily universally on, good because like if you've got the higher world. ground someone else could cut your feet off maybe yeah but uh but they don't have access to as much of you but is it really like you should give up you should just put well, down you should no, just put just, down your labor <laughs> laser sword now that was dumb shitty writing by george because lucas because he's terrible but yeah but uh but we, still, we have I mean, reached not, this this pose and sword fighting that is a complete <laughs> stalemate right it unless, is ordained. unless you are willing to yes. risk your life completely and I will kill you. Yeah. So we so, should just quit. I would say mostly it's bullshitty. Just because uh, I literally answer. can't be the devil's advocate in any conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's idiotic for sure. I mean, the short answer is that it's George Lucas doing some terrible screenwriting. But um, I think that because it it's at the end of an extremely tedious and protracted fight where they are clearly evenly matched mm-hmm. they had to set that it ends where with one person having one clear terrain advantage i mean right. obviously the more the further north on a human body you go the more vital the organs become right. so having having be able to rain blows down from above versus coming up from below and of course like the physical exertion of working upwards mm-hmm. versus working downwards is meant to be like not this is a un, this is an invincible position I'm in, but this this is where the tide is clearly turned, and this is the time yes. for you to get now up. is the moment yeah. right. tempo has come to my favor in that, Chester. That would be my d- defense yeah. of the yeah no, I, I, no yeah, <laughs> uh, but I want to go back to your your originating question as well. Uh, it's called you, Caravan of Courage and Ewok Adventure. I'll tell you where you put it. Yeah. You remember? <laughs> I'm sure you we're, do. We're, 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 near the, we're, we're near the end of Empire Strikes Back. Luke yeah. has gotten his hand cut off. He's gotten rescued by the Millennium Falcon. Uh, and he is in like the therapeutic tank, right? Mm, mm-hmm. The Bacta tank. Is mm. that what it's called? Okay. Thank you. I believe. You win. You are now the Star Wars. That sounds well, so he's a, in, he's in the, the tank, one Luke right? was in. Yeah, yeah, he's floating there, <laughs> yeah. and and he's sort of like you know regenerating. He's got the face mask on. Yeah, yeah, you, you you open up on a shot of him in that, mm-hmm. and then you cut to that entire sequence, <laughs> and then you cut back to the tank, and it was all a prophetic hallucination. Yeah, they should just interject a lot of those things as just dream 
<laughs> like, are there any moments where people close their eyes? Yeah. Right. Like, you just, just, like, stop in the middle of a blink if you need yeah. to. Yeah, you know? exactly. Just freeze frame. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to... And that's where we show Wilford Brimley exactly. hanging out with Ewoks. <laughs> Talking about diabetes. Battle for Andor. That's What's how it? most of my dreams start. Yeah. Well, Actually... <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think I think uh, we, we've officially hit the point of running long, so we better wrap up, and I'll I'll get you guys to that XOXO thing. Uh, thank you so much for being here, Brad. Thanks for having me. Uh, I've got there's uh, there's a shitload more stuff I feel like we talk about, so clearly you'll have to come back to Portland at some point. I will, uh, or I'll go to Ottawa. Oh, couple quick biographical questions. So, yes. uh, Ottawa, Ontario. Yes. Born and raised. Yes. Was it on the playground that you spent most of your days? Uh, and that's our show <laughs> sorry well oh, I want to be honest <laughs> no oh well two well one out of three I guess technically yes. is what that is is not bad okay yeah. well, <laughs> thanks again for being here uh, and uh, we'll see everybody who's listening to this next week whenever that is uh, we're so unmoored from time until we start actually posting these yeah I, I agree thank you Jesse <laughs> thank you Brad <laughs> thank, thank you. you Brad good night everybody bye bye Oh <laughs>